Do you have any tickets for the shuttle? <laughs> Listen, all you New Yorkers. The reason I live in New York City is because it's the loudest city on the planet Earth. So loud, I never have to listen to any of the shit that's going on in my head. Yankees suck! Yankees suck! Three-run home run for Bucky Den. The Yankees now lead by a score, three to two. The Red Sox never let you down. How do you like them apples? Yes, sir. Glory, glory, hallelujah, everybody. Happy 4th. Hope you've had uh, your share of uh, watermelon and fireworks. Hope you didn't blow any major limbs off. Uh, Hope you had a nice barbecue. Burgers, dogs, baseball, apple pie, Chevrolet. Welcome to the shuttle. This is Dave. Mike, are you still here? I am here, and I am dreading this. Happy 4th. Happy 4th. Happy fourth oh, to you. Happy you fourth. Annoyed. It's been an unhappy few weeks since we last spoke, David, and I'm just not feeling the joy. I have no idea what you're talking about. Wait a minute, maybe I do. Let's <laughs> let's, let's take a trip back to the last edition to the shuttle and oh, listen up, Melt. See if you remember any of this. You guys are four games back yeah. as of as of tonight, but. I know. I will say this, and I think the reason why I'm amped up is I'm not kidding. I don't. I haven't seen a Yankee team play this well since '98. I'm dead serious, and I know it's a short. It's a short thing, and we. I know we won the World Series in 2009. These guys look great, almost top to bottom, and I know that. I know it's going to happen. They're just going to rip my lungs out in July, and this whole podcast is going to turn into a. Friggin' sob fest, crying. Why have they done this to me? You're gonna mock me, and, and the Red Sox are gonna win the fucking World Series. I know it. <laughs> no, so just and give me the goddamn moment. There we are. Stop. You stop. You're talking over yourself. Will you stop? <laughs> Good God. Just allow it's, me to shove it in your face for a and, few minutes. And, and you're shoving. And I and I knew it was gonna come. And you shoved it in it, your own face. I think it actually was the night of our podcast that the Yankees hit their peak, and it has been absolute catastrophe ever since. Seriously. I think we're now, we're three and a half games back, and we were four games up. Well, that was, that was uh, we had a little bit of a longer hiatus than you and I would have liked, but, it, but it's only yeah. been uh, between Couple two weeks. and three weeks, like two and a half yep. weeks, maybe. Yep, yep. Um, and you, you it should be it worse. It should be worse. It could, it could be worse, yeah. It could be worse. I think the Yankees have lost 15 of their last 21 games. I mean, that's just... that's just. And, and, and just as a capper, I hope you noticed that um, uh, our own uh, Dusty Tusacks, uh, Dustin Pedroia, the laser show, as we call him in Boston, had, his, had a Derek Jeter moment last night. Did you see it? I didn't, didn't see, it. see it. I saw you posted something on Facebook about it, but I didn't. I was not in a good Wi-Fi zone, so I couldn't click to see the video. What happened? So, so this is what happened. It, it, it wasn't it, obviously it's not a playoff game, but but harken back to uh, you know Jeter's um, the flip, well, inex- yeah, the flip, the almost inexplicably wise. Um, how did he get there at that moment? Flip against the A's, and they they tag out. Jeremy Giambi at the plate and all that. 
Um, legendary play. Great play, I admit. Heads up play. So last night, um, key moment in the game, a uh, guy on the – I don't know who it was on the Rangers, but he, he, he hits uh, a little topper to third base. And so our guy, I think it was Marrero, charges – and throws errantly. So he throws it by the first baseman. So the Rangers are going to get, I think, the go-ahead or winning run in scoring position. The guy takes a couple of strides towards second. Pedroia backing up the play. You have to picture the angle. The ball is going into shallow right field. Pedroia dives and somehow catches the ball in his bare hand and turns and flips to the first baseman who tags the guy out. Uh, who He's taken too, too long a, uh, you know, a... Uh, Route around first base, if you will. Right, right, right. Pretty impressive. No playoff game, though. This is not... You haven't seen oh. it yet, okay? When you see right. it... I'll, I will I will have to check it out. Did Pedroia, it was one of those, um, like, how did he do that kind of play? Did he make the All-Star team? I have no idea. This year? I have no idea. Yeah. I haven't even looked at the ballots. Oh, the Yankees have five All-Stars, my friend. I mean, clearly, we're the superior organization. <laughs> Hey, Mazel Tov. Enjoy the All Star Game. I hope well, Aaron we're... Judge wins. I hope Aaron Judge wins the the home run derby. That would be good, actually. And then his career's yeah. over, right? Swing, yes, swing. <laughs> uh, the Yankees actually had two guys in the, the home heels. run derby. We've got oh. Judge and Sanchez, so you could ruin our entire franchise in one night. It's perfect. That's the idea. Oh. Oh, Wait, let's just, just while we're here, while we're here, let's check the Red Sox score. Yeah. Alexa, what's what's the score of the Red Sox game? Oh, she's online here. Hold on a sec. At the moment. The Red Sox are leading the Rangers seven to zero at the top of the well, fifth. It's only the well, top. that's yeah. just peachy. <laughs> so we're going to be four games out. This ah, it was just bizarre because I mean I really did look. Obviously, I knew the Yankees were on the verge of collapse. Clearly, but it was it was it <laughs> no, was, you didn't. You can't have it both ways. You're like no, they're playing they were, the greatest I've seen since great. 1972. It's bizarre. And, I mean, well, there, there are the some excuses. There are some. They they've had a ton of injuries. Literally, I mean, just everybody started dropping like flies. I mean, they have no first baseman, no second baseman. They lost their shortstop for a while. They lost an outfielder. They lost a pitcher. I mean, it's been up and down the line. So they're missing big names. But it's yeah. really more than that. They're still scoring runs. Their pitching's just awful. And the worst part is, you know, we've got this Batances-Chapman combination at the back end of the bullpen, which has been locked down since, and they spent a shit ton of money to re-sign Chapman. They can't get anybody out all of a sudden. And if the Yankees can't close games, they're not going to win because they're not going to have gigantic leads. You know, they're, 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 they're going to give up a lot of runs because their starters aren't great. And they got to save games, and we don't have Craig Kimbrell, yeah, and you did. Kimbrell made the no, All Star okay. team. I know no, that. No, well, I hope so. He's just he he's he strikes did. out just about every man he faces. But okay. but you know, um, uh, okay. So let me uh, be have some perspective, so I don't uh, record a foolish audio clip that can be played back later to haunt me. <laughs> okay, take a lesson here. Uh, take a lesson here. See, I do it. I got it's excited. Long, no, I'm just saying it's a long season. Like, and and I thought it was going to regulate just because it, it really. If you tell me if you think this is true, um, forced to choose, um, you know, predicting a baseball season, it usually comes down to to starting pitching and as a secondary matter, maybe relief pitching, and the other stuff's important too. But it's starting pitching and and um, the we Yanks don't have starting pitching. Yeah. Well, it was more, it, the next. 
starting pitching was overachieving. The Red Sox starting pitching was underachieving. So no doubt about it. No doubt right? about it. And you know, so look at it. the beginning of the week. And we've said this at the beginning of the year. This was the Red Sox year. Like you know, they, this was supposed to be a rebuild for the Yankees. So I am I am rationalizing this collapse as saying we are still the Yankees are still ahead of the game. They're still in the wild card hunt. They're not winning the division. I'd be shocked. I mean, I think the Red Sox just are, no, have you a step. You still never know. Yeah, still you never know. know. You never know. Uh, where no, do I you mean, think? Like, where do you think this Red Sox team stands against the Red Sox? You know, stronger teams of the past ten years. It's. I, I think it's a, a well constructed team, but it's uh, for whatever reason. I feel like it's one year away from being like a uh, uh, championship contender. But but. Right. Well, that's what scares me about the whole thing is that the Yankees are built for the future, but God damn it, so are the fucking Red Sox. Well, they built well, so it could be fun, right? Well, but, it's going to be a blast. Fun. We're we're going to have years of this, barring yeah, major great. injuries. I mean, they need to wrap Aaron Judge in bubble wrap. Like, I don't. Nothing can happen to this guy because that's you can see where the future lies for this franchise. It's in guys like Judge and Sanchez, and the younger guys like no, Torres is out for the season and. Anyway, but I mean, we could have this rivalry heated again because they could be better than anybody else for the next five, ten years, at least in the AL East. Houston is scary good, but um, I, you know, I think this is your. I think this is. Uh, I know it's too soon, but now things have reverted back to norm. This is where we were supposed to be. Well, yeah, I mean, but the the, Red, the last two years, the Red Sox have. Acquired the best pitcher in the game. Yeah, and, right? he's, and mean, he is everything and you wanted him to be. Sale. No, I'm talking about the previous year we acquired David Price, who oh. at the time, at the time, was the the best, well, maybe not the best pitcher in the game, but he was certainly the best player available. Right. And that hasn't, actually, that hasn't really worked out, right? He's pitching no, tonight, he's, obviously. He's, no, yeah, he seems to be pitching well. I mean, he hasn't allowed a run, whatever, but, right. um, uh, yeah, but, um, no, correct. He has underperformed for sure. But and, and we, by the way, people hate him here in Boston. Hate him because he's a complainer. He whines. He yeah, tweets why? that stuff. I don't know. He should shut up. He should just shut the hell up. Um, Do your tweets, job, and they will love you in Boston. Exactly. He tweets out stuff like, uh, "Hey, it's uh, it's February. At least I didn't lose a playoff game this month." Ha ha ha. Oh, what? God. Shut up! What is he? What? Why? Why? Uh, he's clearly like a defensive guy. He's he's uh, he he clearly does care about all that uh, stupid stuff. He's like a sensitive the, soul. He's a yeah. he's a snowflake, as they say in political <laughs> parlance. Yeah, but um, but well, the best um, I can come up with is like, but the feeling that I've had so far over the last two, you know, you remember those? Um, remember when we were kids? They had those evil Knievel bikes. Do you remember that thing? Yes, you, you mounted yeah, the Evil yeah. Knievel in the little rotor yeah. thing, and you're yeah. so excited, and the Evil Knievel thing, when you, you first put it together, you run the yeah. thing, and it works perfectly, yeah. right? And it, it runs like, like three times. He's flying. Yeah. He's doing wheelies. It's ideal, yeah. and you think you have just inherited the greatest toy of all time. And then... Wait, before, wait, before you get to your point, which I, I, I think is on the verge of being genius, I know where you're going, but I just want to do the sound effect. It was you revved it, so it was kind of like that's right. That's it. And then you just and then right when it gets up right? really, super, super fast, you hit the button and it went flying off. Yeah. Boom. 
and it always and worked then, just like the commercial the first three times you did it. Right. And then it's over. But that's exactly what happened. You had, I had my Yankees revved up and riding perfectly, just like a beautiful team was constructed, and then it broke. And that's where we are. My evil Knievel doll has broken. It's a shame. Milt, Milt's evil, evil Knievel doll is ridden off into a, a bush somewhere and is being molested by a squirrel as we speak. And, um, so sad. So very we're gonna, sad. We're going to clean up whatever technical difficulties we have here on the shuttle. And uh, we'll join you in a moment. Don't worry. Evil's okay. Well, that's not true. He's dead. No, the he's dead. Okay. He is yep. dead. Okay. He's dead. We'll, we'll, see. <laughs> we'll see you in a moment. On the shuttle. Hey! Uh, welcome, welcome back to the shuttle. Little the, pen uh, tribute. I like it. Right. Yeah, that was the. Edited, yeah. uh, edited version. Well, yeah, well, for the uninitiated, I mean, uh, Milt here and I. By the way, welcome back to the shuttle. Dave from Boston, alongside Mike, a.k.a. Milt, from New York. Right on. Yeah, and uh, we both went to Penn, and that was uh, the uh, Penn Marching Band doing their rendition of Hang Jeff Davis. And um, uh, always, uh, did, did, did it make you a little bit nostalgic there? That song topped the charts in 1937. <laughs> It's it a, probably it, was. We just and, uh, increased the age of our pod- podcast audience by at least 20 years. And the stick in the song was there's a line that says, uh, how, wait, how does it go? Um, He's my Annie and I'm her Joe, so no, wait, to my listen, I tell him. Yeah. Whoa, any ice today, lady? Really? No. Giddy up is the line in the song, giddy up. And, right. But at Penn, all the students scream, fuck you. And uh, <laughs> I, I, I search. Because that's so funny because we're in college and we're going to drop an echo. And um, so, right. And um, uh, I searched online for a version with the swear word. Could not find it. They all no. say giddy up. Yeah. There is there is joy to be taken in screaming fuck you in a crowded public facility and not being chastised for it. So it maybe was, we knew what we were doing. I have to say, looking back on it, I was a loser. Lord knows we both were losers. But – I remember walking around my freshman dorm, actually singing that song and and screaming out the "fuck you," like, "Hey, I'm so cool! Look at me! I'm in college now." It was a thing. Yeah. Like, it was a thing. It's it not at a thing. the office tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> See how that goes. I will. Real All right. So, sucks. so you're in. So, listeners of uh, the shuttle, which typically um, at least begins with the general theme of Boston versus New York angst, whether it be sports or other things in life. But we have, uh, but we also always touch on a lot of media stuff. Uh, uh, Milt here being formerly a big time newspaper publisher in New York. Magazine. Magazine. Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm the small time <laughs> newspaper guy. You're the big time magazine guy. Whatever. Was, it's all, right, yep, it's yep. all print, it's all print media and it's all dead, but um, it was a good run there. Yep. And uh, so we've got a treat for you. So Milt, set this up for us, if you well, want. Well, it's kind of interesting. So we're going to do something a little differently today. But uh, a few weeks ago, the New York Times, in their uh, their wisdom and um, a widely uh, panned opinion, decided to print their list of the 25 best films of the 21st century so far. Um, and they obviously, their film critics are wi- very well regarded and considered the finest in their industry. And the list was 
confounding. Did I actually send it to you? I think I did, right, Dave? I, I don't know that you sent it to me, but um, but maybe you did. I found it afterwards when you started talking right. about right. this. And um, to me, confounding, I don't know. I, I thought it was predictable for the New York Times. It was, it it was, was almost... So- it- Ah, I mean, eccentric isn't the right word. It was almost elitist. I mean, the well, number that's of... What, that's it's, yeah. what crit- critics do, right? They bend over back to be clever. Right. Bend over back and they, and, they, and they deliberately picked at least half of the 25 films are films that most people have never nor will ever right. see in their lives. I mean, that was... Right. They took pride in it. They had a few... They had a few uh, more mainstream films. Like, their number one film was There Will Be Blood, which... Right. You know, isn't exactly, you know, the feel good movie of the year, but I mean, a lot of people saw it when it came out and there were some other movies yeah, that, like that's Billion Dollar Baby was on there, a few other ones. So, you know, they threw in some popular choices here and there, but for the most part, you know, it was, you know, Iranian imports and, and right. just a bunch of movies that I just, I couldn't even find, I, you know, at first I was like, well, let me go stream some of these. You can't even find them anywhere on Netflix. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're just, yeah, yeah. they're impossible. So... It got me thinking, like, you know, obviously I wanted I wanted to provide a bit of a counterpoint to that. And I said, wouldn't it be interesting if you and I decided to put together our own list? Now, we don't have time to go through the 25 best films of the century, nor are we going to come up with consensus. But I thought it'd be interesting if we each put together our own top 10 list of the best films of the new century. So films that have come out since the year 2000. And, including, uh, the, including the year 2000, right? Including the year 2000. Year 2000. We're going to be inclusive okay. of Played by the same rules. Right. And, and, and I, I thought think, we could compare our list. Right. Is that a Absolutely. good idea? Yes. So so there are no rules other than what you just said, 2000 right. to, to present. And I think you probably abided by this rule too, which is no multi, multi-episode multi uh, business. That like, is you know correct. what I mean? That is it's a, we're talking about a movie, a single standing thing. Yeah, and, I'm, and, I, and I personally, I did not give you any rules. I tried to pick the films that not only were good movies, but that I actually enjoy watching, meaning that yes. I want to see it again, and I probably have seen them more than once. And they they don't have to be fun, but they tend to be films that bear repeat viewings and things that may not be the Oscar-winning dramas, et cetera, et cetera, although there are a few yeah. of those on my list. But... They, they just are the movies that, at the end of the day, I'm looking forward to seeing again and again and again. That's right. Best movies. Yes. Should we go through it? Yes. Uh, we'll, right. we'll start. And you, you tee it up right now because you're going to go first. Okay. And here we go. Starting mm-hmm. with Milt. Here we go. Yeah. with. <clears throat> here we go. Number 10. Hey, now. Hey. All right. Number 10. My number 10 best film of the century is going to surprise you, I think, because I went for something a little more popular, and Mm -hmm. I wanted a film that represented what I thought comedy was in the new millennium, and I Mm -hmm. chose the 2005 film Wedding Crashers. Wow. Wow, I know, right? Right? I went a little unusual at first. I, oh, no, I'm just, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Now, Sorry. This is no, the, I, I, I think I confess, we, go ahead, you go ahead, we, we've hit a little bit of a golden age of comedy over the last, sometime in the mid 2000s. All of a sudden you had the Judd Apatow's of the world producing great films, consistently yes. coming out with, and I was thinking about movies like Knocked Up or 40 Year Old Virgin or Forgetting Sarah Marshall and things like that. But I realized to some extent, Wedding Crashers 
preceded them and exceeded them in its execution mm-hmm. of comedy. I love that film. And there's something okay. about the yeah. Owen Wilson, Vince Vaughn interplay that I find incredibly rewatchable, always funny, and it's one I will never turn off when I see it on cable, even in its edited version. I'm a huge fan of Wedding Crashers, my number 10 film. Wow. Your thoughts? Your I did, thoughts? I did, not, I did not have Wedding Crashers on my list, but I celebrate your choice. I okay. enjoyed, enjoyed the mar- movie thoroughly. It was one of those... Um, it. it it did everything it intended to do. You know what I mean? It's, it's not, this is not Citizen Kane here. Um, it's not even Tootsie, but it's, nope. but it's, but it, but, but it was an excellent movie. Funny. Agree. Um, Vince, Vince Vaughn and Owen Wilson both make me laugh just by their tone of voice practically. And, um, that's a fine I choice. I, I, I didn't. I didn't. I admit. I didn't even think of it. I had. And but but one other theme. And I'm sorry. I'll let you uh, yeah. wrap it up there. But um, one theme I noticed in uh, 2000 to present is there was a renaissance of comedy movies because Absolutely. I felt. You know what I mean? Because I felt like when we were uh, in college and those and and those silly years where we wanted to see silly movies, we had the Fast Times and Animal House, and we had Fletch, and we had. Yep. And yep. it seemed like it seemed like every other year there was a great. Uh, comedy movie and then it felt like there was a dearth there was like nothing um, but uh, this era to, I, I got a bunch on my list so I'm with you so that's, that's why I chose that film as a, as a trendsetter of the new age of comedy my number 10 film so thank you and All yours right. give us your number 10 Dave should I play the, the intro to mine too yeah, what the yeah, hell right. and my yeah. right Dave's number 10 movie is the one sleep, the, my one big sleeper happens to land at number 10. It is from 2015, directed by Joel Edgerton. I don't know who he is, but I'm just, I'm showing off that I know who the director was. Starring Jason Baseman, Jason, <laughs> Jason Bateman and Rebecca Hall. The movie is The Gift. The Gift. A, um, wow. a, 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 have you seen this movie? I, you know, it's very funny. I, that has, that has been on my list to watch. Yeah. But I never found the time to do it. I never. I, I have not seen it. This was the classic movie that my girlfriend Brenda and I we we just saw. It got good ratings. We had nothing to do on like a lazy Sunday afternoon. We uh, we rented it or streamed it or whatever we did, and we were shocked at how good. Like twists and turns, and just when you think this guy is good, he's bad. Just you think this guy is bad, he's good. And um, so I'm going to leave it at that because I want you to watch it. Well, but, it's the guy uh, from like, isn't it like the, the kid he abuses in high school or something like that? And he comes back yeah. into his life in some weird way. Right. So the premise is not so much uh, if memory serves. It's been a while since I've seen it. But if, uh, if memory serves right, that he, he bullied this guy as a, as a kid. Not horribly so. Not like torturing so. But definitely, when the guy came back, this guy shows up back in his life. I'm talking about Jason Bateman. The main character is encountered by this old acquaintance. And Jason Bateman, now married to a woman, has a successful life. Everything looks like it's fine and dandy. And this this guy who reappears in his life seems to be suspicious for certain reasons. And um, it just kind of unfolds from there. And Mm. and, um, I'm I'm, I'm amazed, though. I just just checked. It is available to stream on Showtime. It's on iTunes. It's on Amazon. I got to go check this. And uh, it it did get excellent reviews, but it's just not mentioned on any of these lists. So don't expect a whole bunch of sleepers on my list, but that's mine. Number 10. The Gift from 2015. Stream it now, everybody. You'll enjoy it.
I'm kind of psyched I got one night I need to watch now because I figure I've seen most of these already. But why don't you give us your number nine now? We'll do this in snake order. Really? Yeah. Yeah, let's snake it. I still get the drum roll. Yeah. Oh, I got the abbreviated drum roll. You know what? I want the full drum roll. Here we go. All right. (laughs) Number nine. I made that myself and I forgot about the hey now. Um... Number nine on Dave's list of uh, top movies of the century from 2004, starring, um, oh, I forgot what his name is, um, uh, Giamatti. What's his name? Paul Giamatti. Paul Giamatti. Paul Giamatti. The movie is uh, Sideways. Ah. Uh, lo- love, love this movie. Um, it, it, again, it's a, maybe a theme here for me so far anyway. It's not a, a big story. It's a small story. Um Absolutely loved uh, Thomas Hayden Church as uh, Paul Giamatti's ne'er-do-well friend. It's a very odd thing in that he, he they, they basically go on a two-person bachelor party um, to the wine country, which seems to make no sense. Um, but it's I love the, the all the, the little personal crises that happen in this movie. Again, it's a small movie. Uh, terrifically funny moments from Hayden Church and from Giamatti. Sideways. Sideways was on my honorable mention list, prominently featured. So we, we, we align there. I think, uh, you know, that movie, first of all, basically killed Merlot in this country. Yes. Because that, that, the, the, uh, the lead character, Paul Giamatti's character, is a wine snob and at one point says, I'm not drinking any fucking Merlot. And apparently that actually made Merlot sales in the U.S. drop for about five to ten years. So Absolutely true. I, t- I talked to the proprietor of a wine store, a guy who really knew what he was talking about. And a- a- as a lark, I said, so after that movie, did Merlot sales go down? And he said, can I tell you? They plummeted. I said, are you serious? He said, yes, because it was no longer Vogue. Merlot, Merlot was no longer uh, Vogue. That's a good anyway. point. Good point. So go. I love the film and I love the choice. Okay. Are you ready for yours? Yeah. All right, here we go. Number well, nine for Melt. Well, Dave, I wanted I wanted romantic comedy to be featured on my list somewhere. Now, I didn't want to stick with genres, but as I started thinking about this film, it's not a film that you would consider a classic masterpiece, and yet every time I watch it, I enjoy it. I enjoy it in the company of my wife. I laugh. I, well, I don't cry. But it's just a film that I thought was terrific. I had debated... The movie Five Hundred Days of Summer as my as my choice for romantic comedy, but at number nine I, I I chose against it, and at number nine I chose the 2011 film Crazy Stupid Love. Oh my God! Wow! 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 Right? So haven't seen it. Haven't seen it. Wow! You have not seen that film. No. What well, is this? Drew Barrymore and Adam Sandler? No! 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 Who? Are, what no, the? I'm, how dare you? I don't no. know. What's Crazy Stupid Love? Way off. What it is, is it? Steve Carell. Ryan Gosling, oh, Julianne okay. Moore, um, what's her name? La La Land, uh, uh, Emma Stone. Emma Stone, yeah, yeah. And it is a film in which uh, Steve Carell plays an older gentleman, our age and whatever, whose wife leaves him for another man who happens to be played by Kevin Bacon. Right. And Ryan Gosling, who is a, a smooth womanizer, takes uh, Steve Carell under his wing and basically reinvents him and shows mm. him how to recapture his manhood. Um, and all kinds of triangles start to develop, but it is funny, it wow. is poignant, it is sweet, and it is a movie that I will tell you right now, you and your girlfriend need to get together and watch mm. post-haste, because I think you will find it one of the most charmingly 
original and funny movies you will ever see. And that's how much... It's, again, not, not, this is not a classic masterpiece, but it's a film yeah. I do not hesitate to watch multiple times, and it always puts a smile on my face. So, I, Crazy Stupid Love. I like the choice. Like I said, I haven't seen it, but I like it. And I will, um, I will, I will float this out to the crowd. Could Steve Carell make a, a second appearance on the list this evening? I'm gonna, I, to you're, you're, you're betraying this, but um, uh, I believe, Don't give anything away. I believe Steve Carell may be the most important actor of the 21st century. Wow. It's a bold statement, my friend. However, okay, important actor, I, maybe not. But I, Steve I Carell love, I, is one I of those the, guys. Yeah, I love the man. I want, by the way, from Marshfield, Massachusetts. He makes every film he's in better. It's simple and, as that. Simple as that. Wow. Okay. Love we're the guy. Breaking, anyway. We're through the, we're through the looking glass here tonight. We certainly All right. We're up to number eight, and it's it's uh, it's your turn. So yes, it uh, is. here we here we go. Dina. Number eight, number eight for uh, Melt. I went a little more classic Oscar with my number eight film, the uh, 2001 Best Picture winner, called A Beautiful yep. Mind. Oh wow! Russell Crowe, star- yeah. damn it, as a as no, a no, damn it, I forgot I forgot it on my list. Russell Crowe plays uh, yeah, an eccentric film, math, math genius who um, struggles with demons as he uh, tries to maintain a loving and faithful relationship to his wife, played by a gorgeous Jennifer Connelly, directed sure. by Ron Howard. Um, I just, there's something about that film that always grabs me emotionally. It's got twists that I didn't anticipate, and even now that I know what those twists are, I, it's one of those films that you can sort of spot the the clues being given to you, almost like the Sixth Sense used to be, where they were sort of giving you those clues. Um, mm-hmm. Well acted, incredibly directed, powerful story, which happens to be true. Loved that film. Loved it. Not much else to say. One best picture. But it's uh, Love, a great uh, movie. From 2001, was that, did you say? 2001, I believe, yeah. Wonder, yeah, I'm, I'm, okay. So I'm going to totally come clean and say... Uh, it, it it my research failed me. Um, did not uh, some of this in and out and going back to two thousand one. It was I don't know if you noticed this. It was all like wait a minute. Well, I got to include that movie. Wait, that one's nineteen ninety nine. Okay, yeah. that one's two thousand. It was whether it, so. Um, I think I just forgot that uh, Beautiful Mind was uh, of this century and uh, unbelievable film. Unbelievable film. Yes. It, to me, to me, a great historical film. Um, is one where it makes you go, oh my god, did it really happen like that? Yep, you know, yep. and um, and uh, by all accounts, it. Di- I mean, obviously, it's glamorized a little bit, but obviously, it, it did. And uh, fantastic movie, made you think. I I, I support your choice. Uh, 100%. There's no way one. his wife was as hot as Jennifer Connelly, right? Well, that's Jennifer Connelly true. is about as high on the oh, scale <laughs> as it could possibly get, and yet she won an Oscar. So there you go. For that movie, she did. I think she did. I know she was nominated, but anyway. All right, look it up, look it up. Yep. All right, we're going to go uh, still on number eight. eight. David. Dave's number eight. Hey now. Well, we're not going highbrow with this one, but it is probably for me uh, one of the most seminal comedy of its generation. From 2007, starring Jonah Hill, the creation of um, Seth Rogen, and his buddy Adam Goldberg, I think, super bad. 2007's wow. super bad. Um, yeah, just for me, this movie was 
It was the uh, return of the laugh-a-minute comedy. I mean, the writing in this movie is fantastic. Everything between uh, uh, John Sarah's character and Seth, uh, not Seth Rogen's character, the, the actually the character based after Seth Rogen, played by Jonah Hill, was phenomenal. Uh, this, there isn't much of a story to this movie, but um, it it is just it. Um, and by the way, Emma Stone, also Emma Stone's uh, second. That was uh, I think that was yeah, that was her. Yeah, uh, yeah her debut. She, I think that might have been her debut. Yeah, something close yeah. to it. Yep. And just, you know, any movie that says uh, with with lines like, and this is an underrated line, but um, what was the last time a guy wearing cargo shorts ever got a hand job? I mean, just, just little lines like that. And then you throw in things like uh, Seth Rogen and Bill Hader as the inept cops talking about how great it is to, ha- to actually have a gun. It's like having a second dick. And it just, I mean, just totally over the top ridiculous stuff. But I love Superbad. Yeah, and I salute the choice. It wasn't on my list, but like I said, I mean, it's part of that genre of comedies that uh, sort of re-symboled the the re-emergence of comedy in film. Uh, Can have no complaints. Michael Cera is one of the great underrated. Sorry, I said John Cera. Michael Cera. Michael Cera. John Cera is his own thing. Uh, Actually, I'm a big fan of um, what was that video game movie Michael Cera made? Um, Scott Pilgrim Uh, versus uh, the World, I think it is something. Scott Pilgrim. That's actually worth seeing, too. But anyway, great film, super bad. Not on my list, but uh, no complaints there. Okay. The, Give us your number just, seven, Dave. No, no. Oh, yeah, I'm up. Hold on. I was yeah. checking to see if this was – was this an – was that an Apatow one as well? Maybe not. Um, I think it was Apatow produced, but not directed. Okay. I think he we'll produced a- it, but I don't think he directed But, you know, that's that was the film – no, it was really knocked up where you first saw – Jonah Hill, but Superbad was his first like starring part, right? And now he's a two-time Oscar nominee. Who would have thought? By the way, points points for you. Hold on, I'm giving you the. uh, Where is it? Oh my god! Yeah, okay, that's this for you, Milt. Um, The sound effect is uh, the sound effect isn't working, but you. (laughs) Oh my god! I'm right. I'm correct. The applause. (laughs) When you work on a. uh, shoestring podcast. Sometimes <laughs> what you click and the sound effect appears twelve painful seconds later. Um, produced by Judd Apatow, ah, directed directed by uh, Greg, the immortal Greg uh, Modela. For all I know, he's a genius, but I don't know who he is. But uh, there you go. Okay, so we're up to uh, my You're number, number seven. seven, right? Yeah. Okay, so Wes Anderson is one of my favorite directors. I had to get a Wes Anderson movie in this because this is his this is his glory era, and there are many to choose from. Um, this is my my personal favorite, 2004, starring Bill Murray, Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou. And I know it's not going to be on your list. It's not on most people's list. In fact, most people think it's the weakest of the Wes Anderson movies. To me, this is perfect Wes Anderson. It's quirky. It's ridiculous. Um, hilarious turns by Bill Murray, by Jeff Goldblum. By um, Owen Wilson, making his second appearance on the list, I think, if we're keeping track here. Mm-hmm. And uh, just a totally wacky, Bill Murray plays a washed-up Jacques Cousteau clone of sorts. And every 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 line makes me laugh. Willem Dafoe is thrown in here. Um, and uh, what's her name? Um, oh, my God. Who's Morticia Adams? What's her name? Well, uh, is um, it uh, Christina Ricci, is it? or um... No, no, no. The elder, uh, Morticia. Oh, uh, uh, I'm blanking on her name. Right, Grifters and yeah. um, Angelica Houston. Angelica Houston. There you go. And, yeah, she she shows up as uh, Bill Murray's ex-wife. 
Um, it's just classic Anderson, quirky, weird. It takes itself way too uh, seriously um, and uh, hilarious all the way through. Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou. There you go. Yeah, this, this, is, uh, this is one of the ones I think we're going to have to differ on. I'm not generally a Wes Anderson fan. Um, I, 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 if just shut his, shut his mic off because obviously no sane person could not be a Wes Anderson fan. All right. Just in terms of pity and, um, uh, I guess some kind of sympathy. I'm going to bring him back. Okay. All right. All right. You're back. You're back. Just, uh, you know, I would have gone Rushmore if you had forced me to take him one of his movies, but uh, I just, he just never does it for me. He's a little too. Uh, you know, he's got this, he, he's an auteur, right? He's got that sort of Woody Allen, you know, it's a Wes Anderson movie, but I just never felt involved in any of his movies. It's just, I, he's other than Rushmore. I know. Sorry. I know. I know. So some, you and I are going to take a different on this one. I knew we did. Oh God. <laughs> oh God. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's like, I don't even know you. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, Wes Anderson deserves to be honest Okay, that's fine. That's fine. You know what? I think it's best just to. Well, hold on. How we're we're uh, you're up to your number seven. My number seven. Why don't we finish that and then maybe we can go to a break, right? Okay, let's do that. Milt's number seven. Uh, Milt's number seven. My number seven. uh, Movies of century. Go ahead. Yeah. I'm gonna stick with the uh, best picture winner theme here, and I needed an epic. I felt like we needed room for an epic, and this is gonna paint me as a potential dork of all dorks. But here I am going to salute yeah. Lord of the Rings, Return Ooh. of the King, 2003 film. And the reason wow. I put this here, I'm not a big, I actually, I'm not a Lord of the Rings fan. I don't care about The Hobbit. I never got into the mm. books at all. But mm. a movie that actually, you, know, you talked about no sequels and things like that. That was the third film in the series. And it improved mm. immensely on the two previous films. And became the fitting epic conclusion to an epic film series. I felt that I wanted one film that represented huge storytelling and movie making at its biggest and its best. I think it's ironic that the director sort of has disappeared after he was saluted for these movies as being, you know, one of the legends of film. And now he made a bad King Kong movie. The Hobbits weren't all that well received. But Lord of the Rings Return of the King finished an epic trilogy with power and substance. It was long as hell, but I still didn't want it to end. It's my number seven film. I uh, take no opinion on this. I'm not going to callously put it down like you did with my last uh, choice. Uh, (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. No, I'm just kidding. No, 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 I'm just kidding. But I didn't see it. I didn't see it. And and sometimes it's like uh, with a lot of these, it's like if you don't – to me, sometimes if you don't get on the train, then you're not going to get on the train once it's down the tracks. And so I never did Harry Potter and I never did Lord of the Rings. I just didn't yeah. get on those trains. And it, and But however, I uh, for you, maybe I'll go – this was the first one, right? Yeah, this was the third one. This was the last one. So the unfortunately, third one. that's the point. Okay. The third one. The third – do I got to go back and watch all three? Yeah, you do because you can't watch the third one without it. It's not a standalone movie. So you're going to have to get through it. But if you do, you get rewarded. All right. All right. I, for you, I'll maybe think about that. Okay. Uh, what? What? I respect the choice. I haven't seen it. What can I tell you? I won Best um, Picture, too. Let's be, let's be clear. So it was a yeah. critical favorite as well as I think it was one of the highest grossing Best Picture winners of all time. But anyway. Yeah. Reminds me of the year when past – Pat Listach won uh, Rookie of the Year. Yeah. It, was a, it was a down year. It was a down year. Okay. I think we're up to 
we're up to date. Uh, oh, wait, are we going to take a break now? Yeah, or let's take a quick break. Are we? I mean, we, we're, we're 27 minutes into this segment. Why don't we, we take a quick break and give people a chance to breathe? You know, fans of the shuttle don't look at the clock like that. They just think this is a gift. This is manna from heaven. As long as these two idiots are going to talk, I'm going to listen. I think. Don't you think? I think they're still with us. They're holding on. There are a couple, I think. Yeah. All right. Uh, on the other side, we're going to finish the list. Right. And you keep taking notes, ladies and gentlemen, because you have to see these movies. You have to join us on the other side on the shuttle. Best of the millennium. And, uh, yo, what's up, everybody? Back here on the shuttle. Dave from Boston, alongside Mike, a.k.a. Milt, from New York. What's up? And we are uh, counting down the top movies of the century so far. I mean, here we are sitting, 2017. But nothing wildly uh, pretentious so far, right? I mean, I think we're... we're I don't think so, yeah. I don't think so at all. I mean, my my only offbeat choice started... Jason Bateman, so I don't think that qualifies as a, a shishi weirdo movie, right? Right. Not at all. Okay. My sixth film is the Ugandan film called <laughs> Use It, which is really, I, I just catch it on Netflix. <laughs> right. We, we'd love to tell you how it's spelled, but it's only spelled in clicks and things. Clicking. Right. I don't right. think that's Uganda, actually. Where do they click? Um, let's, uh, let's be sensitive to all, uh, languages and all things like that. And let's, uh, let's move along. Yes. Except we'll be- I, I think we, we do need to check the Red Sox score. I think it's important. Uh, uh, that's not Alexa, important what's the score of the Red Sox game? Please. Please. Alexa, are you right with me? Now, the Red Sox are ahead of the Rangers. Nine to zero at the top <laughs> of the seventh. Well, yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> That's it's only the it's only the seventh inning. They can make it back. Okay, here we go. So it is uh, it's your turn. I think it's uh, my Milt. turn. Yeah, and yeah. we're uh, you're on number six movie of the century. Yeah, the number six. Yeah. Hey now. My number six film actually salutes an entire studio, but I'm choosing the 2004 animated film The Incredibles. Whoa. As my like number six film. Now look, I'll Pixar, Pixar has to be on this list. It absolutely mm-hmm. has to. Mm-hmm. And I could have choose, chosen two or three films. They definitely cracked my top, you know, hundred films of the millennium, whatever. But movies like Wall-E and Up, and uh, even the one from a couple of years ago, Inside Out, amazing, amazing films. But I remember watching The Incredibles in the in the theater with my young son who had just this one is maybe what it was one of his first films of all time and mm-hmm. i almost forgot that i was supposed to be watching my son because the screen had me enraptured the the story the animation the uh the action the incredibles took me into a different universe and it made me laugh and yet keep me riveted at the same time truly one of my favorite films of the last decade I enjoyed it as well. Enjoying a little Incredibles theme song as we discussed. Yeah. um, Fantastic movie. Um, I can't um, dispute your choice. I celebrate your choice. I, um, all right, enough. Alexa, If you you had to pick a Pixar movie, would you have gone with a different one? 
Well, let me just ask you this, just so we don't we don't waste. Do you have any more animated movies on your list? I do not. Okay, so I don't. So I I left off all. So um, the animated movie that would have made my list, I actually don't think is a Pixar. It's, it's Finding Nemo. Is that? Was oh that no, Pixar? that's Pixar. Absolutely. Pixar? Okay. Absolutely. Okay, so that that would ha- that was uh, just missed my cut, and just because um, you know the. There was not. There was no music in Nemo. There was uh, the animation was just kind of what it was. What it was. But I just loved how clever the story was. I loved the voices. I loved Albert Brooks. Yeah. Um, and so that whole that that Nemo would have been my choice. But I, I Incredibles is a wonderful choice as well. Yeah, they're making um, a just inspired. But oh, are they really? Yeah, okay. it's coming out soon. Yeah. But the, the original is just I think a perfect piece of film. Absolutely perfect. So. Um, on my list. What's your number six, Dave? Yeah, what's your six? So we're up to Dave's number six. Dave's number six comes from 2004. Um, I go back to comedy again. I talked about the renaissance of, of comedy. This one uh, is as quirky as all hell. Napoleon Dynamite. Napoleon Dynamite. Oh, has, oh. Has, there ever been, has there ever been a movie before or since like it? Just just weird Funny, um, just when you thought you'd seen sort of all the tricks in comedy, you get this one. Um, Napoleon's character and uh, John uh, John Hader is that his name? No, no, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm messing up his name. Hader. Um, he didn't do. He hasn't done too much since then. But um, you had uh, Pedro. The, Pedro. Yeah, the uh, just just every every bit of this little lovable story was wonderful. From the tater tots to vote for Pedro. To the angst of high school, the dorkiness of high school, all uh, portrayed in just a weird, weird, weird. Uh, weird. yeah, weird, peculiar weird, way. Original, I just love it. Yeah. yeah, an absolute it. Napoleon Dynamite. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's a good choice. Not on my list. Uh, you know, I no particular we reason. Had one, do you think is it possible we have zero? I'm shocked. Common? I figured we would. I figured we would cross paths more than we have. But you know, one sure. of our lists is right and one of them is wrong. I mean, it's just suppose that. <laughs> but uh, right, you're, so so we're up to we're we're in your uh, top five. We're up to yeah. Thank you. But it's your. I think. Do you go? Yeah, it's your turn for the five. Oh, right? it's my turn. All yeah. right, my turn. Clark, crack the top five. Hey now. Well, I don't know if this is uh, predictable or novel, but it's an epic. And from 2000, I just couldn't leave off Gladiator. Um, uh, Russell, uh, Russell Crowe, the epic. Crow. It's yeah, his course, second uh, appearance on our on our show. There, yeah, there you go. Beautiful and um, and if if I may, uh, Milt, I I do a, a decent impersonation of um, uh, Maximus from the movie. Do, do you mind? I go right ahead, my friend. Okay, here we go. <clears throat> Gotta get into character. <clears throat> okay. My name is Maximus Decimus Meridius, commander of the armies of the north, leader of the Felix of Aegis, loyal servant to the true emperor Marcus Aurelius, father to a murdered son, husband of a murdered wife, and I shall have my vengeance in this life or the next. Thank you. Thank you. The best actor. Thank you. You Thank can you. never take my freedom. Oh wait, that's the wrong, wrong movie. movie. But you uh, know what? It is, it is kind of, uh, of course, it is kind of um, Braveheart reincarnate. Yeah. But I don't know. It, everything I it, like, I can't not watch the movie when it comes back on. It's just, uh, it's Great one movie. of those. Russell yeah. Crowe has actually had a, a, a surprising collapse in uh, like critical reputation. He was. 
he was the man for about yeah. five years, right? I mean, he was in blockbuster movies that won Best Picture. He was nominated for Best Actor a bunch of times. And then all of a sudden fell out of favor. I don't know what happened to the guy. I know, you know he's, what's interesting? Movies, he's not a star anymore. He's not a star. What's, what is his signature role? Is it It's either Gladiator or, um, let's see, he was Cinderella Man, which was a great movie, the boxing movie. That was a movie. great movie. Sure. Um, he was LA, LA Confidential. LA, LA Confidential, which could have made my list. I think it was before it was before this millennium. But um, no, I mean he. No, he, he won. Did he win? Be, did he win Best Actor for? Um, in, uh, uh, in Gladiator, Cinderella Man. No, Cinderella no, Man. No, no, he didn't win Best. I'm not sure he's ever won. Let me see. Okay. Oh no, he won for. Did he win for A Beautiful Mind? I don't know, but I I thought. Um, sheesh. Was it? Was he in a different boxing movie? We're we're just losing it here. I remember him giving an acceptance speech saying, uh, "This is for everyone when you're on the downside of opportunity. Just remember, <laughs> hang in there, or whatever he said. I, I guess that was Cinderella Man, but but um, I can't remember. Sort of underrated in that movie. I, I think Cinderella Man is a, a hugely underrated movie. But he, um, I don't know. I don't know what happened to the guy. He used to be. I know he ended up making an album at one point, which is kind of embarrassing. I think maybe that, and he threw a phone or something, but I don't know. <laughs> no, something something went wrong. No, he no, won, no. He, he, won the no actor, he, he won for uh, he won Best Actor for Gladiator. Was nominated for The Insider and A Beautiful Mind. So okay. he was. It said he was the ninth actor ever to receive three consecutive Academy Award nominations. I mean, and then all of a sudden he's done. It's weird. What happened? I thought Hanks got that. Did Tom Hanks not get three in a row? Maybe not. No, he did two. But anyway, he won two in a row. But uh, by the way, I just anyway, I just checked it. He he actually made a phone and threw an album. You're off just a little bit there. Okay, so I think we're into your top five. Is my top five? Yeah, here we go. Oh, that's okay. Hey now. So my next couple of films, and since I'm back to back, I, I tried to pick films that I think were of the moment and things that we're going to look back on and say, wow, these really captured our times. And number mm-hmm. five marks one of the return of, as I said, surprising movie MVP Steve Carell. I chose 2015 Best Picture nominee, The Big Short. Wow. Interesting. Have okay. you seen it, Dave? Of course. Yeah. And Carell was, Carell was fa- fantastic. Yeah, it's you an ensemble film. It's an ensemble film. Of course, yeah, yeah. They were all great. Um, how, how they managed to capture the financial crash while making it basic, simple, and fun, funny, I should say, while at the same time absolutely horrifying, was kind of a stroke of genius. That is a film that could have been very heavy, very difficult to watch, very technical, but they made it a mainstream breakdown of the financial crisis using phenomenal actors telling an amazing story. And I love it. I love the film. And I've seen it several times. And I'll tell mm. you, I think it gets better every time I watch it. I love that movie. So, so you were okay. And the, uh, uh, it's very telling what you say about it, that they made, it, they made a, a complex issue about finance interesting to the average viewer. They took what some might consider the easy way. They broke down the fourth wall and they yeah. said, this, this, this is so complicated. So now here's uh, this attractive model in a hot Margot tub. Margot Robbie in a tub. Right, Margot Robbie, yeah. right, right. Or that's yeah. And you were okay with Lina that? Gomez okay. at a blackjack right. table. I loved it. I thought it was, mm-hmm. it was kind of brilliant because it was yep. a way to say and acknowledge to the audience, look, 
I know you think this is boring and it's above your head, but it's really not if you break it down in simple terms and with an attractive person telling you it. It worked perfectly. And Christian Bale and Ryan Gosling and Steve Carell, they're amazing in this film. And it really did crystallize the shit that went on for so many years in a way that you walk out of that film entertained and horrified. And that's really hard to do. So anyway, the big short, my number five. There you go. Good one. As you know, for a short period, I spent at a uh, a Wall Street firm, Alliance Bernstein, happily not featured in this movie. But <laughs> but, um, but um, one thing I learned there was um, there are really super smart people in finance, but there are sometimes the very simple concepts are the ones that handle that that carry the day. And it was a nice depiction of a guy of a bunch of guys who just kind of said. Is it just us, or does the, the, this the the mortgage market not make sense at all? Like exactly. All that, the, right. Yeah, and and so it was. Uh, you know what? I agree. I'm getting turned around. I didn't have it on my list, but I loved it. Uh, it's a nice great choice. Movie. Great movie. Nice choice. And it bleeds okay. well into my number four. Give me a drum roll. All right. Hey now. I think my number four does a similar job with yeah. the uh, the monstrosity known as Facebook. Because I'm choosing the 2010 David Fincher film, The Social Network. Sure, yeah. Now, that's that's interesting. I mean, (laughs) you've seen it, right? I have not seen it. Can you believe it? Why are we even recording this? I don't know. No, okay, relax for a minute. Um, uh, It's not like I've never heard of it. It, It's one of these that is always hanging on the end of my to-do list. It's uh, it might even be like in my DVR right now because it's been on TV a, a number of times. I promise you, I'll watch it after today. It's, it, it is not a, a hard movie to get through. You will because yeah. you know because you know what Facebook is. You use it, you get it. But it's more than that. I mean, it, it talk. It's really about sort of a culture uh, of greed and avarice, almost like The Big Short, except one that's concentrated in the world of technology and and youth and um, and it's dark and it's nasty and yet somehow completely relatable um i just amazing amazing yeah. movie and fincher you know he's a badass right he he directs the darkest nastiest murderous shit and here he does a movie about social media and yet it all so comes it was, i loved it, loved it was, uh, timberlake and jesse eisenberg right that's correct um eisenberg but, plays mark zuckerberg and um uh uh who does uh justin Whatever yeah, I can't remember. But the Napster so, guy, whatever. But it's a great movie, Dave. You got to go see it. And it was a best will, nominee, but it's one of those movies that I think didn't win awards and yet is going to be more remembered than the, the, the movies that beat it out at the Oscars. Important movie and yet completely watchable. Completely watchable. I'm going to have, I will get through it, but Jesse Eisenberg might be my least favorite yeah. actor of this generation. And, this is, he's, and he plays, he's the same in almost every movie. So, And I actually yeah. met the guy once. Really nice guy. Really? really? Nice guy. Yeah, he was at a, a, a film festival that I got to go to, and he was he was a very cool guy. But his um, his affectations are sort of the same in a lot of movies, but it works right. better here okay. than it does almost any place else. You'll, when you watch it, you'll see what I'm talking about. I'm, I'm willing to go with it. By the way, when you, dro- when you drop names, just pick them up. As you uh, as you depart the uh, studio here, all right. Let's uh, let's move it on. Your number four. My number four. Hey now. Uh, once again, I'm sticking with the theme of the Renaissance in comedy. In comedy, pardon me. Uh, need I say more than 2004? 
I'm kind of a big deal. Uh, the Legend of Ron Burgundy, Anchorman. Will Fer- Will, there we go. Will, Will Ferrell's uh, uh, signature performance, and um, just it's a silly movie, but it's uh, I think it's this generation's Caddyshack, if not even better, because the writing is writing because the writing's phenomenal. I mean, let's face it, there's not much of a story, but um, the writing's phenomenal. The 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 ensemble cast is phenomenal from uh, all the way down to Vince Vaughn, Paul Rudd, um, and uh, Christina Applegate. I mean, the whole – it's just uh, – and for men, anyway, who want to quote movies, it's part of what we do. We enjoy mo- funny movies. We quote them back and forth. This one had probably two dozen lines that I can still remember off the top of my head. And uh, Anchorman. Paul and Rudd, my, Paul Rudd, my underrated – MV, movie MVP yeah. of the uh, of the millennium. Oh, like he, yeah. in Wet Hot American Summer alone, he earns that. But uh, I would have loved to have had Anchorman on the list. You know, I, I I threw Wedding Crashers in there. I was trying not to get sort of, yeah, but, well, but 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 phenomenal movie. It's on my it's yeah. on my it's on my uh, honorable mentions. So can't can't complain there. Well done. By the way, here's another little media small media tip to those, uh, including you who maybe haven't seen it. Have you seen, and we probably talked about this on the last podcast and I just forgot, but have you seen uh, the YouTube clip of Paul Rudd and, uh, holy jeez, it is getting late, I'm tired, um, uh, The Muppets and um, How I Met Your Mother, uh, forgetting Sarah's Marshall, what's the hell the actor's name? It, he's, uh, Jason Siegel. Thank you, I don't need the first one. Jason Siegel and Paul Rudd, they were doing a press tour for I Love You Man and they do an interview with a BBC reporter and they are both stoned to the bejesus. You haven't seen this? I have not. You haven't <laughs> seen this. Jason Siegel and Paul Rudd Completely stoned, talking to this BBC reporter. Usually when people get stoned, it's like kind of annoying. Like it's like, okay, I get it. You're stoned. They somehow managed to be charming and stoned and hilarious all at the same time. Love it. So if you're you're listening to the shuttle now, pause the shuttle, go to YouTube, uh, watch Paul Rudd and uh, Jason Segel. It'll come up. I love you, man. It's hilarious. Okay. Um, I love you, man. Let's see. I love I love you too, man. So I so wait, did you do your number four yet? I've done my four, so you're on three. We're in the top three. Should we should we plow ahead or should we? Uh, let's plow ahead. Let's plow well, ahead. Let's, let's rip it. Let's do it. Yeah. All right, number three. I'm finally going to get at least a, a little bit cultured, although um, I'm not sure because anything involving Mickey Rourke maybe does not involve culture. 2008. The Wrestler. I right? knew you were going there. Oh, Did man. Did Great movie. Um, this, to me, was a movie that could have gone completely wrong. And if you if you read the reports... Now, hold on. Let me back up. The Wrestler, of course, it's a, um, it's a parable of a uh, professional wrestler who was like a big deal and pro wrestling and all the uh, glitz and glamour and silliness of the whole thing. And then he gets old and now he's broken down. And, uh, of course, Mickey Rourke, an actor who has in real life some of the same issues and challenges, portrays this guy, uh, Randy the Ram, in the movie. And then you got, um, I'm forgetting everybody's name tonight, um, The uh, his uh, female interest in the movie. Oh, uh, is, the, uh, the Marissa Tomei. Marissa Tomei. Thank you. Yes, the very fetching Marissa Tomei, who is, uh, and uh, by the way, she happens to me. Yeah, and uh, unclothed in this movie for those taking notes. But um, uh, so 
let me not belabor it, but let me just say <clears throat> there were there were reports out there that the first go round in this movie they had looked at actors of the likes of Nicolas Cage to play the lead actor, which would have made it cartoonish and sort of silly, which is what you might expect of a movie about a pro wrestler. Instead, it's it's tremendously introspective. It's moving. It's uh, it makes you feel bad for all the characters and hope that they somehow lift themselves up. Um, awesome movie. Underrated sports movie, The Wrestler 2008. There you go. Love it. Much, much more moving than you ever could have anticipated right. a movie about an 80s wrestler basically to be. Right. Uh, early yeah. enjoyable, rewatchable. I've seen it several yeah. times. Not on my list again, but highly recommended. We are. We are. Is, is there, are, well, is there any chance? Yeah, is there any chance we're going to have a common movie? Well, let's find it's out. Not, Should we find out what my third is? It's not looking good, but let's blow ahead. Here comes number three for Milk. Hey now. At the number three best film of the century so far, I give you what I consider the greatest James Bond film of all Whoa! time. At number You're three, I give you Casino Royale. Oh my goodness. That is Daniel Craig's debut. Right. And probably the film of the millennium that I have seen more than any other, including my I two above. This. I have seen Casino Royale dozens of times, and it is, to me, the finest execution of what? James Bond ever made. And okay. Daniel Craig cements himself in the pantheon of perfection. What? Potentially even surpassing Mr. Sean Connery, representing what? everything that James Bond right. can and should be. Casino Royale, the perfect what? James Bond film. So, yeah, I know you may I'm think it's a surprising choice. Surprised. I get it. Yeah. But it's, it. trust me, David, you will, you will love... Daniel Craig as James Bond after watching the movie. It's a legitimately great movie, not just a great Bond movie, a great movie. I love it. Just answer one thing that has always confused me. I've never, um, I've been a a Bond fan, but not a diehard Bond fan, but like I was, I was a Roger Moore guy and then warmed to Connery over the years. Um, But Casino Royale in the original Bond uh, encyclopedia was like a spoof, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a comedy. It was, it was Woody Allen. Okay. Woody Allen would star as James Bond, I think, in, okay. in Casino Royale. So it's ridiculous, but, but they remade it as a serious it as, film. Okay. It, it's just great, man. It's got it's got everything you want in Bond. Great poker scenes, too. I mean, it's great. It's just a great movie. Trust poker. me on that. Yeah, they play poker and somehow make it dramatic. Poker? I hardly know her. Oh, uh, there we go. Thanks, thanks for stepping on my punchline. Okay. So, um, hey, we are just really down to the nitty-gritty here. Top and, two, and yet we have no agreement so right. far. This is amazing. Okay, so let's just review. So we are both huge movie fans, have always been. Um, I respect your opinion. You respect mine. I have respect. I'll, I'll go out on a limb and say you're uh, 10 through uh, 3 so far. I've respected every choice. I've enjoyed yeah. them. They didn't make my list, but... Would you would you extend the same to me if you said absolutely? No, Look, and I'm not even yeah. the Wes Anderson thing. It's, he's not my cup of tea, but he's an incredibly respected auteur. So no, I, I throw you love. Okay, and yet no common films yet. No common Amazingly. films yet. And no ma- common films. Maybe the top two. Let's see. Here we go. Number two for Dave. Hey now. From 2000, starring 
Guy Pierce, one of the most uh, mesmerizing, perplexing, complicated, interesting films I've ever seen. Memento. Great film. Um, and if you've seen it, it's it's about a guy who suffers from short-term memory loss and can only remember the last 50 minutes of his life. And then somehow on top of that, the director makes the choice to shoot it in reverse. In other words, each scene happens um, in reverse order. And um, it is much better than the Seinfeld episode. Where they <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> much, better. much better. You know who the director is, right? Uh, I'm blanking. Christopher Nolan. The guy, Christopher, Christopher Nolan. Nolan. Right, the, uh, course, that yeah. was his big, uh, I don't know if it was his debut, but pretty close. Made The Dark Knight right. after that. Okay, right. So there you go. And he, I mean, um, I watched this movie. Uh, this was back in the days of DVDs. I bought the DVD. Um, the DVD had all these little extras, like clues and stuff to unravel the mystery that you were watching. Um, if you've seen Memento, you know what I'm talking about. It is complicated, weird, makes you think you have to talk to somebody after the movie to make sure you got it right. And all that to me means um, a fantastic uh, film. So there you go. Bravo. Yeah. Yep. Loved it. Watched it with my son. Uh, that movie may have sparked part of his love of film. Uh, that's when we started watching that movie. He, I think he, uh, it triggered something in him and uh, yeah, yeah love the choice. Not on my list as, uh, as well. So we're still clean. Wow. But, uh, okay. but a great movie. Great movie. And just, uh, just one small footnote, a, uh, Bang up uh, performance by uh, Joey Pants, Joe Pantoliano, uh, <laughs> uh, later famous for The Sopranos. If you're a fan, you know, Ralphie and lost earlier famous for Guido the Killer Pimp. There you go. From Risky Business. Absolutely. My man. My man. All right. All right. So here we go. You're up to your number two, right? Yeah. That's right. Hey, now. You got to have Tarantino, my man. Got to have Tarantino. Mm. And my, I, there were a lot of ways to go here. Pulp Fiction was too early, so couldn't make the list. Didn't make it, right. Was thinking about volume two of Kill Bill, but in the end, my number two film of the new millennium is Inglorious Bastards. Oh, great choice. Great choice. Just missed my top ten. Oh, I, damn it. So, I, I thought maybe but, we would have been in yeah. line there. But um, I... You know what? Um, it, it, justice is served because I thought you were going to say one of the Kill Bill movies or throw them both in. Some people love those movies. Um, I just thought how many times can you see someone's arm getting cut off and blood sp- sprinting out like a, like a sprinkler or whatever. I love the Glorious Bastards, but go ahead. It's your pick. Tell me more. Two of the best long scenes of all time in any movie. Mm-hmm. The opening scene where Christoph Waltz yep. walks into the milk uh the milkman's home yep. and yep. slowly but surely draws out the information that Jews are hiding uh, underneath his floorboards. Yep. The long just dialogue heavy scene but you can't you're biting your nails the entire yeah, time. Absolutely. And then yep. the scene inside the uh the uh French bar where um the the British and American soldiers are meeting up with their contact again a long agent. dialogue yep. she's a double agent yep. long yep. dialogue heavy scene that rings every second of tension the fact that the scene is significantly longer than most movie scenes are is exactly mm. what gives it its power and look i love seeing hitler getting it in the face simple as that <laughs> <Yeah>. great film <laughs> inglorious bastards almost my number 1 but I'm sticking it at number two. Wow. Okay. So and I'm, and let me let me continue. Actually, I'm going to go out on a limb here. By the way, Brad Pitt's there's Brad Pitt again. Brad Pitt and and a terrific performance, maybe his best. Yep. Wow. I'm going to go out on a limb 
You got, we have not had any agreement, right? I think our number one choices no, no. are going to be the same. I don't think so. I don't think I so. I think it will. I'm going to, I'm going to say it is. No. You're going to say it isn't. Who goes I, first? It'll, it'll blow my, well, whose turn is it? It's my turn, right? Oh, well, well hold on. if we're snaking, no. it's technically mine, but. It's your turn. Let's stick with it. Wait, you really think? I don't know. Okay. But um, to, to allow me one more footnote on Inglorious sure. Bastards. Go for um, it. um I totally agree with you on those on those two scenes. I knew exactly which two scenes you were talking about. And what's interesting is that first scene totally it, it, absolutely edge of your seat because so if you haven't seen the movie, like Christoph Waltz is the he's the uh, they don't call him the Jew hunter, do they? The, yeah, <laughs> the, uh, yeah, I think so. Basically, yeah. the Jew hunter or the Jew whatever. Hunter. Yeah. And there's a farmer who's not a Jewish guy, but he happened. He's a kind-hearted soul, and he's harboring these Jews hiding beneath his floorboards. That actor was phenomenal, and I have uh, no idea who French, that guy French was. French actor. Right? Apparently, he's a famous okay. French actor, but I have no idea oh, okay. who he is. Amazing. He was, Absolutely amazing. So, so convincing and... Um, Tense, and then, frightening. I mean, unbelievable. Unbelievable scene. And it just, I think the film, the, the ending is preposterous, but it it goes... Yeah. It, it's it's just an amazing film. The, yeah, this the only thing that maybe downgraded it slightly was it's it's kind of it's easy to kill Hitler like and like everybody wants to kill Hitler so Tarantino killed him and yeah did I enjoy that part sure um, at any rate okay well it's moment of truth wait who's going now am I going or are you going I think I'm going hopefully this You're is working but... with it. here we go it's the we're up to number one yep yeah. give it to me. The number one <laughs> film of the millennium of the, the century so far it happened at the beginning of the century, the year 2000. Nope. The Go film, ahead. and I'm shocked it's not on your list. Go ahead. Almost Famous. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I'm not, I'm not surprised. Uh, excellent choice. Excellent choice. I, I, uh, it, it's just, I think it's a, it, it's a, it's a perfect movie. It's, it's a perfect movie. It's, very it's good. it is um it manages to be deep while being pretty popularist. It is uh Cameron Crowe's finest moment and boy did his career go downhill after that. But the story of a 1970s era rock and roll band connecting with journalists and fans and finding space and distance with those and learning to love not only music but who you are. Uh, and, and embracing yourself beyond what your label is, I think it's a—it's just a great movie with f humor and 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 surprisingly interesting music and a glimpse of a time that uh, that sadly you and I missed because we were not quite in our diapers. But I love that movie. I just love it. Um, fantastic choice. It was—it's uh, right on my just missed list, which maybe we can share later. Maybe not tonight because time permitting, whatever. But. But um, and I knew you were going to have a list. But, um, but <laughs> I thought you would too. I really did. Yeah. Okay, so just never mind why it didn't make my list. Let's talk about why it's great. Um, the uh, what's what's great about it is it, it managed to be a great movie without a um, prototypical marquee star in the yeah, movie, right? Billy okay. Crudup. I mean, he Billy, wasn't Billy Crudup. Yeah. Who, who, yeah, he hasn't done 
too much. He he cropped up in a movie I just saw recently. Um, was it called Jackie? The the Jackie Kennedy yeah, movie. Yeah, he's a great actor. He's a great yeah, actor, he's, but he's, he's never been a there. superstar, right. right? Right. And the kid, the kid was just a kid, the kid actor. Yeah. Um, and then uh, it did make a star out of um, uh, Goldie Hawn's daughter, um, Kate Hudson. It made sure. a star out of her. Good point. As um, as the fetching. Um, uh, Groupie. I was, about to say, I was about to say Abbey Road. It's uh, her name was um, what the hell's her name in the, the character? It's not. It's uh, oh, she's, she's Penny, Lane. Penny, Penny Lane. Lane. Penny Lane. Yep. Abbey Road. Penny Lane. Right. So um, and uh, phenomenal movie, heartwarming movie. Even um, uh, Francis McDormand is fantastic as the mom at the beginning, and um, and uh, what also as a bonus starred what um, what dude who went on to be extremely famous for something sort of completely different. It's the one movie uh, where the actor went on to become a TV star. Hmm. <laughs> I'm not asking the question very well. I don't but, remember. Uh, Who is this? Uh, Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy Fallon was... Oh, a- you're right. He plays He plays the rock promoter. You're right. No, you're right. No, truth He's be told. like a scene and a half, right. Correct. I mean, he was also in... Um, uh, oh, the Fever Red Sox pitch. movie, oh, the Fever Pitch, was horrible. Not on your top list, I hope. Oh, it, it is not. And also, um, final footnote: um, this movie, almost famous, provides a memorable sound clip for a podcast intro. One of the top podcasts in the country. Do you know what that is? I do not. Uh, it's uh, Mark Maron's the WTF. Mark podcast. Maron's in that? No, no. Yes, he's the um, one. You're right. Wait a minute. No, no. I don't know if you Oh, no, 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 no it isn't him. Yep. <laughs> in, if you listen to Mark Barron's podcast, he, he, when he hits the sort of let's start the show button, there's a memorable sound clip and you just hear a voice say, lock the gates. And it's kind of cool. Lock the gates. Lock the gates. That's from Almost Famous. When they're trying to escape. Because he got electrocuted on stage, right? Exactly. And the band right. is in the, in the tour bus and they're like, let's get the hell out of here. And the guy, the concert promoter, is trying to stop them, or whoever he is, he's trying to stop them, and he screams, lock the gates, and they go flying through the gates anyway. Excellent. There you go. Great film, my number one. But now I'm dying to know what yours is. Well, interestingly, uh, not too different in tone and feel, but uh, certainly a different movie. Here we go. Number one. Number one movie of the century, according to Dave, 2006. Starring an ensemble cast of Steve Carell, Paul Dano, um, Greg Kinnear, and a bunch of other really funny people. Little Miss Sunshine. The heartwarming tale of um, a family who is uh, totally screwed up in every way, and yet they somehow find a way to make it to California for uh, Little Olive's audition. Not audition, Little Olive. Olive's performance in the Little Miss Sunshine competition. And for my money, maybe the best final scene in a movie. And there you go. Little Miss Sunshine. I, I am shocked. Have you seen this movie? Of course I've seen Little Miss Sunshine. Very good movie. Very good movie. Never would have pegged you as a Little Miss Sunshine fan. Far yeah. too sweet for what I know to be Dave Yaz and his oeuvre. And his just, I'm shocked. I am shocked. You know Absolutely what it is? Though? Shocked. Not to get too personal or anything, but as as we get older, so we're men of some age. So I'm for 48. Are you 48? Are you 49? Not 49? yet. I got another I'm couple months. 
One month. Jeez, I'm holding on All for right. dear life. Yeah, so we're both on the verge of 49. Um, and like shit happens to you in life and you sort of get a little more jaded and you realize life's full of a bunch of shit. And so maybe that's why this movie um, just holds up over time for me because you got Steve Carell, who's who's recently tried to commit suicide and failed. And he's a complete failure of a guy in his mind. You got uh, Paul Dano in his, I think his original breakout performance um, as the uh, teen who has taken a vow of science and completely hates his family. Um, Alan Arkin. Don't forget Alan Arkin. Oh, my right. God. The brilliant Alan. I buried the lead. The brilliant Alan Arkin as, a, as an aging uh, heroin addicted uh, grandfather. And Greg Kinnear, who is this pathetic, down on his luck, like inspirational speaker who can't get his book sold. And I'm, uh, what, I'm still and what, stunned. And, what, and what's her name? Who I uh, the girl, the little uh, girl, uh, Colette. No, uh, the uh, oh, Tony, Tony Colette. Colette. Tony who Colette. Plays, yeah. Who plays the mom? Who we remember from? Um, uh, I got to stop with the ums here. The uh, what's the movie? Australia app. As she just listens to Abba songs. And oh, um, yeah, I don't remember Colette, that one. Muriel's, but whatever. Muriel's, I got it. Hold on, Muriel's wedding. I'm Muriel's just wedding. Right. That's anyway, it. but um, uh. Just love it. Love that all the characters are flawed. Love the painful um, and yet poignant symbol of the car doesn't work properly. So in order for the car to start, all the characters in the movie have to push the car. Right? You remember this bit? Yeah. Yeah. I just – I'm amazed. But by the way, validates my Steve Carell as film MVP of the century. That's what – I was trying to be coy, but – yeah. It all comes back to Steve Carell, and and, and not to mention um, our entire the wild, list. Our entire list doesn't it, match. It's amazing. I know that is, that blows my mind. Yeah, yeah. We, well, we can, I'm we, glad we did this. Then, see, now we've got <laughs> we've got places to explore. I have. I, I'm going to quickly, super quick, and I know you want to get off the phone here, uh, Milt. You have a list, yeah, but, especially um, since I don't think this is recording anyway. But fuck it. Yes, I think it is. No. Right here, all right. The next, the next ten on my list were uh, the Hangover. No, 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 no. I want, I want to save this because I think there's, I think there's some more interesting conversations to be had about more unsung films and such. But and I haven't ordered my list yet, so I have honorable mentions, but I need to, I need to get the ten together. So you're gonna hold on on that. Too late. Fast and Furious six, seven, eight, nine, and. <laughs> 11 and 13. 12 was terrible. I love it. Love it. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Well, there you go. Excellent exercise, Dave. Really, really enjoyed this. Really enjoyed Me this. Too. Me and too. And you've got, a couple, movies you've got a couple movies to watch. I'm saying. I'm up on so, yours. But so, uh, you've got to get to Casino Royale and Crazy Stupid Love ASAP. No, you didn't see and the gift. And the social network. And the social network. You didn't see the gift. And I got to see the gift. You're right. You got to see You're the right. gift. I, I'm All there. Right. I'm there, Dave. All right, well, you know, let's hang Jeff Davis from a sour apple tree as the, uh, going to have the Penn, University of Pennsylvania Marching Band take us out this evening. Thanks for listening to the shuttle, those of you who remain. I'm Dave from Boston. That was uh, Milt from New York. Yeah, until next time. Until next time. Yankees will be in first place the next time we speak. Oh, no, no, they're not. Who am I kidding? It's over. It's all over. But uh, just in keeping you up to date on the Red Sox uh, Rangers game, it's now eleven to nothing in the eighth inning. Red Sox still leading. It's a nail biter. It's all over. It's all over. Things change. Who knows what's to come in the future? We'll see you next time on. Wait, what happened to the music? We'll see you next time (laughs) on. 
The shuttle. The shuttle. Say goodbye, Mel. See you all. Wait, hold on, hold on. Mike Napoli just hit a home run. It's 11 to 1. Thank God. Thank yeah, God. It is 11 to 1. All right. Nevertheless, we'll see you next time on the show. <laughs>